This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app and visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus and we're also brought to you by the sgpn nfl playoff challenge sponsored by edge boost free to enter and twenty thousand dollars in edge boost deposit bonuses up for grab enter today at sportsgamingpockets.com slash nfl playoff all right dgens uh welcome back to the golf gaming podcast for our sunday preview uh kind of doing this on a whim uh, i had a little bit of time because the game got canceled uh between the uh, Steelers and Bills. So I decided, you know what, why don't I just uh, record right now? Uh, Boston Capper may join me in a little bit. Apparently he is out running errands with the little ones. So right now it's just me, boring old me, going over the golf courses for next week's American Express. This is a format that can be kind of challenging just because it's a multi-course rotation. Uh, East course is a little different than the last, but there's a lot of similarities between all of them that I'll, I'll go over. And, um, you know, it's always kind of tough, especially when two of the courses don't have strokes game data, you know, it makes it kind of a little difficult to, you know, figure out what to do, how they play, but I'll walk you through a little bit of what they are. I'll pull up the Google maps. I'll show you what they look like. Maybe that'll give you a little bit more inspiration about what you want to look at. But, um, you know, so why don't we first start off with the field next week? Uh, Scotty Scheffler is in the field. He's played this tournament a bunch of times. I think he finished third, I want to say back in 2020 in his rookie season to Andrew Landry and Abe Anser, I think. And, you know, this is a really good tournament for him. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to score, a lot of opportunities to make birdies. And, you know, kind of like a Kapalua a couple weeks ago, um, you know, if, if you just give yourself a lot of opportunities to score, it comes out with a putter. That's always what happens with Scotty Scheffler. But, you know, he has a pretty good track record here. We'll see if maybe he can uh, continue it. But, I, you know, we, we get another um, another guy who's in the field this week. That We had a couple guys returning at Sony. You know, Will Zaltzhorst come back from an injury. You had Gary Woodland come back for the brain tour. We have another guy coming back who is a big name you haven't heard for a while. Daniel Berger is going to be back this week. He is back from a back injury that has kept him out for the entire 2023. 2023- 23 season. I think he was trying to make a comeback at last year's U.S. Open through qualifying, did not get through, I think, because he, had, he got injured. I remember when I was at the Masters a couple of years ago, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit, but I was randomly following, I think, Taylor Gooch and Daniel Berger. And Berger was splashing out of a bunker out of 10, and he just collapsed right in the bunker. And I was like, what the hell is going on? That's kind of weird. And then a little later on, it was really cold. You know, it wasn't great weather, but there was a little bit of a uh, delay in play and Berger, I could see him down the fairway, just crouching and stretching, trying to do something. And I speculate the point he, he, he must be hurt. I mean, he was playing like hell at that point. And sure enough, a couple of months later, he said he was battling a back injury, ends up shutting it down at the end of the year, gets surgery. And then we didn't see him at all last year. So, you know, it's good to have him back. Um, you know, he's a very talented player. He's not one of the elite guys, but you know, he's definitely a threat to win. You know, if he was in 100% condition, he probably would be a threat to win this thing because he makes a lot of birdies and generally pretty good iron player. That's 
uh, pretty valuable here, but he's in the field. Welcome back. Hopefully he can uh, return to form quickly. And some other guys who uh, are normals in the field, Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler, Tom Kim, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas makes his first start of the 24-24 season. Will Zalatoris, he's technically still a notable, even though he was terrible last week at Sony. Uh, he's still a big name. There's a, It's actually a pretty good field. I think guys are trying to get uh, maybe one start in between Kapalua and the next time uh, there's a signature event, which is at Pebble Beach. It's very top-heavy. It's kind of like last year. There's probably like 10 to 15 really good names, and then it's kind of just drops off after that. Same thing as last year. So, you know, last year we ended up getting John Rahm as a winner. You know, are we going to get another guy with short odds because they're just such a small pool of elite guys who are playing this week against kind of Drek? You know, we'll see. So uh, why don't we take our first ad break and then we will uh, go into all the golf courses. All right. So let's first start with DraftKings. DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, and they're bringing you an offer to help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You know, obviously you can bet the football games, but right now you can bet the Sony Open uh, lines today. I think Keegan Bradley, who myself and Boston Capper are on, uh, he's at plus 190 going off if you want to, you know, do that. Uh we don't think he's going to win, but you know we'll see. You also get to have uh, Chris Kirk at twelve to one, maybe going for another uh, second uh, win, and you know really, uh, you know, cash one in for all the narrative people out there. So call the action. Or, so download the sports game or DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can bet just five bucks to get two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler or visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. And in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 8887-889-777. Visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Uh, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we're brought to you by the, brought to you by the Game Time app. So let's say you were going to go to the Bills Steelers game today. Can't go. Uh, maybe either you can't get into the city or you're just so butthurt about our liberal governor, you know, putting a thumb in your eye because she's a Bills fan and saying and preventing you from watching football. Maybe that's enough for you to just rage quit on life and just sell your ticket. But you know what? You can go to game time right now. You know, so as you're driving in two inches of snow and, you know, holding up everybody behind you because you don't really know what snow is like, you can go to gametime.co right now and sell your ticket and show the NFL who's boss. And game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. So forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Okay, so it's to flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find your tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for all those reasons. And also you can get images of your seat before you buy. So, you know, it, let's say you do want to go to the game tomorrow. Maybe you can fire it up and you can see a bunch of snow on your seat and decide, you know, I'm going to go a couple of seats, uh, you know, over that's been shoveled properly. So snag your tickets without stress with game time. It's perfect for the playoffs if you want to go. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Uh, you can tell I didn't get in fights with people about that yesterday, right? Okay. Why don't we uh, fire up Google Earth, shall we? And let's actually look at some of these golf courses. Let's get over here. Let's zoom out. Okay. So we are going to PGA West this week for the American Express. Uh, this is a three-course rotation. You will have two rounds at, at uh, the stadium course of PGA West. That'll be play. Everybody will play that at least once over Thursday through Sunday with everybody playing on Sunday. And then the other two rounds are going to play the Nicholas tournament course, which also is at PGA West. And then over at La Quinta Country Club, they're also going to play one round there. That is a couple of miles away to the northeast. But this is the stadium course here. It was built in 1986 by Pete Dye, and it was meant to be a sequel to TBC Sawgrass. And I'll show you a couple of holes where you can actually see, um, you know, a lot of the similarities between um that golf course and this one um but and and it played and and it was debuted in 1987 at the bob hope classic uh which is what this tournament used to be called but the pros considered way too tough and unfair so they got away from it well over the years though they ended up softening it a little bit making some changes a bit make it a little more playable and now we have the golf course we have here today. So, you know, just kind of looking at it from a high level, you can see a lot of Pete Dye just in the layout here. You know, serpentine fairways, you know, kind of bottlenecking fairways here. A lot of plotting target positional golf, like right here off the tee here. You know, you kind of want to just get your ball to about the fat part of the fairway here with a lesson driver or three wood. Sets up kind of a short iron to some of these, you know, a small green Protected live bunko angered away from the fairway. So it kind of, you know, makes you promote hitting the correct side of the fairway. You might have like a random hula hoop size bunker that's inconvenient, you know, stuff like that. And, and that's, you know, kind of what Moses golf course is a lot of water on it too. But a couple uh, holes I want to show you to really drive home that this is basically a TBC uh, sawgrass clone here is where's hole number nine. Okay. So the ninth hole here looks exactly like a hole at TBC Sawgrass. This is basically the fifth hole at Sawgrass here. Both holes are, you know, mid-length par fours. Both of them have this elongated bunker right here with water over here. The primary difference is that there's also water hazard at Sawgrass over here. Both of them are slight dog-like rights with the, the green angled away from the fairway, protected by bunkers here. This is essentially a template of a hole already at Sawgrass. We can also move over to the 12th hole uh, right here. This looks almost exactly like the 10th hole at Sawgrass. So it's saw, the 10th hole at Sawgrass, you have some bunkers over here, and you have the woods over here, and a lot of space to bail out to the right here. And, you know, it's kind of like a sharp dog like left here with the, with the greens over here. The difference is the bunkers are flipped over here, but this is essentially the same hole uh, as the 10th at Sawgrass. Uh, there's also one that looks exactly like a hole at TBC River Highlands. Let me find that one. I think that's actually on the, yep, this one right here. So the uh, the fifth, the par five fifth, this is uh, one where you basically have to contend with two water hazards on the same hole. So at TBC River Highlands, I think it's the 13th hole. Off the tee, this water hazard's over here. And then you have another water hazard guarding the green over to the left here. This is basically a mirror image of that. Uh, you know, the water hazard that you have to avoid 
uh, off the T here, this water hazard is now to the on the other side of the fairway there. So you know you can see, you know, Pete's eye has you know his signature trademark uh, you know, thumbprint on holes. Sometimes you can see a lot of that here, this one. But I mean, the biggest copycat of them all with uh, the stadium course here is is the seventeenth. Um, you know, obviously the seventeenth at TBC Sawgrass. That is one of the most famous holes in golf at the Island Green. And sure enough, you have an Island Green here. Uh, basically, in a mirror image of this of the 17th of Sawgrass. The difference is this bunker over on the left, base at Sawgrass is over on the right here. But, you know, a shortish uh, iron to an Island Green. Uh, you know, there's rock outcroppings here. That's a big difference uh, between that and uh, Sawgrass is just uh, railroad ties. But again... They essentially wanted to make this place the TBC Sawgrass of the West. And, um, you know, look, like it definitely has its similarities. Obviously, I showed a couple holes that look exactly like it, but, you know, it's not the real thing. It's, a little, it's uh, definitely been softened and muted over the years, too. It just is, it plays a lot easier than this place. This is one where you can kind of bomb it everywhere where you can't really do that at Sawgrass. There's a lot more hazards and places you can get in trouble at Sawgrass versus this place where, you know, especially after they did a, uh, a large tree removal uh, project over the last couple of years. And really the only thing to dissuade you from, you know, bombing everywhere here is you might have these mobile mounds where you might have a little bit of an uneven light. Otherwise though, and we'll talk about this with the agronomy, so when they play this tournament, this is overseeded. You'll have a small patch of one-inch ryegrass rough here. And then all this, because it's the colder months, is dormant Bermuda. And it makes hitting the ball really easy, hitting off of it. And we'll talk about a little bit how this tournament's kind of changed since they had uh, a lot of this tree removal. It changed a lot last year. But, you know, so that's... You know, uh, a lot of times I've, I, I've fallen into the trap of saying, oh, well, this is a TBC Sawgrass clone. I want to take see Sawgrass guys, and it hasn't really worked out a whole lot, and vice versa. I might look at this term and say, okay, you must be good for the players, and it's not. Hello, Patrick Cantlay. How are you? You're always good here, and you're never good at Sawgrass. But, you know, I mean, this is the quote-unquote toughest of the rotation, but as I'll show you what happened last year, it isn't that uh, across the street here, you have the Nicholas Tournament Course. This was built in 1987 by, sure enough, Jack Nicholas. And you know, this does try and prevent, you know, uh, offer similar stuff as what the stadium course does. But you know, it's kind of just a watered down version of it. A lot of holes are just really linear, straight out in front of you. Like you know, for example, the second right here. You know, whereas whereas um, at the stadium course. You know, you'd have, you know, like the green sharply angled out this way, protected by a bunker, you know, maybe some bottleneck in the fairways here. This is all just right on front of you. You can basically just hit driver straight away here. As long as you avoid the bunkers here, you're pretty much fine. And a lot of holes are like that. You know, at the end of the day, this is a resort. So, you know, you don't want to make it too tough for anybody coming here, but it doesn't have a whole lot of character and flair. It also is funny that in order to get to, uh, after, uh, to get from 11 here, you have to cross a four-lane highway to get to the 12th green. Um, yeah, hopefully there's not a lot of accidents that go around there. But, and then it just winds through development, you know, developments and houses. And, you know, I mean, this hole right here, 
this is a really bad hole. No one goes for it in two just because it's such a long carry over this water. You just there's nowhere to miss. Unless you want to bail on this bunker here. Everyone usually, you know, either bails on the bunker or they lay up down here and they set a wedge in. You know, I mean the hole looks challenging and you know intimidating, especially if you're an amateur, but you know, these guys kind of eat this place up. There's not really a whole lot to say. We'll talk a little bit about the predictive skill sets and what works here a little later on with the Nicholas tournament, but it's kind of just a plain Jane golf course. Uh, this is usually the second easiest of the three. You kind of probably can see why it's just, everything's right out in front of you. It's not overly long, has the same, you know, overseated greens as the stadium course, which makes you play a little softer. Yeah. That's the Nicholas tournament course right there. And then we have La Quinta, which is uh, the oldest of the uh, the three courses in this rotation. Uh, you can see all the golf courses at PJ West right there. You got the Palmer course, you got the Weisskopf course. Yeah, there's a lot of golf courses. All right, so this is La Quinta right here. And this was built, I think, in 1959. Um, it's received a couple of renovations since then. And, you know, I mean, it's a charming country club. Apparently, the greens roll really good there. It's always in really good condition. You know, it, it's nice to have it kind of like one of these smaller country clubs in the area, but this is a golf course that these guys just routinely pummel and just completely overpower. Like, you know, for example, you can hit driver pretty much anywhere here. There's not, you know, there are a couple water hazards, but most of them are out of play. Like for example, on the eighth green right here, you know, most guys can carry it over this bunker here and take this water out of play. You know, it's, it's very straightforward, very linear. It's a little tight, but it reminds me a lot of just like Silverado where you can hit driver without really a whole lot of penalty everywhere. And it's really short. The greens are small, but guys routinely like this place up too. So there's not really a whole lot to it. There's no strokes gain at this place. You kind of just look at the scorecard and say, oh, this guy went sets, you know, 65 there and lost strokes of the field. Uh, sometimes that ha actually that never happens. Usually if you shoot like 60, uh, shoot 69, a three under, you might lose strokes of the field. Actually, that's how many birdies usually at this place but you know i mean it's it's a nice golf course should it be in the rotation so probably not i think they probably should just cut the crap and just have all four courses at the stadium course maybe they'll do that once if this thing ever gets a signature event status i know they do the pebble they're going to kick uh monterey peninsula to the curb and they get rid of the uh, pro-am format maybe they'll do the same for this this golf course probably should not host a pga tour event any or um the PG Tour guys, it should not be part of the rotation, but it is still, and they'll just end up lighting it up. So those are the golf courses, and then why don't we take another break, and we'll start talking about the tournament, who's won here, you know, and generally how it goes. All right, so let's talk about Cut. So Cut is a peer-to-peer -peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in forty states. It's sports betting is a new peer-to-peer -peer sports betting is a new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, that's dangerous, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes and tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social networks. Cut offers lower VIG and fully customizable odds to create your own bets. And Cut handles the payment side of things so you never have to chase down anyone for money. It's got social features like group chats and betting leaderboards, head-to-head -head history so you can really 
thumb in somebody if you just completely own them on this platform, user pro profiles, fan groups, and more. And it's got rewards too. You get cash back every time, single time you bet against your friends or other users. So a reminder, the Cut is the peer-to-peer -peer social betting platform that's US-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% bonus. And let's also talk about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. You have NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football, even golf as well. You know, we uh, we always do a couple of underdog fantasy picks for golf before the tournament. So simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right. Let's go to the GCSAA tournament fact sheet. Obviously, I love using this. This is a great summary of especially agronomy. If you ever have a question about that, it's a good one to use. So let's first start with the stadium course. Two rounds there. Uh, like I mentioned, Pete Dye designed in 1986. This is a par 72, 7,187 yards. I think this is the longest of the three. Not overly long, though. You know, it's still a 70, just under 7,200 yards, the par 72, very short when you have five par or four par fives of that. Average green side, 5,000 square feet. That's pretty standard for a Pete Dye golf course. Usually those are pretty small and they play a lot smaller based on some shelving and some undulation to the golf course too. With a lot of target golf, you have to play at a Pete Dye design. Um, you know, there's 160 acres of rough, but like I mentioned, we'll talk about with the turf grass in a little bit. Some of it's overseeded, some of it's dormants. Doesn't really matter uh, this week. Wires and play on seven holes. That's pretty standard for a Pete Dye golf course. You know, can be a little penal off the tee if you spray at the wrong area. Um, all right, so let's talk about the, uh, the turf grass. This is important because up until a couple of years ago, people really screwed this up. So it doesn't list it here, but when I meant, when I say overseeded, what I mean is this is a Bermuda-based golf course, but... During colder months, Bermuda tends to go dormant. It needs higher soil temperatures in order to grow and flourish. And they have that popping green like you see uh, every week at like Wyndham or, um, you know, a couple other uh, Wiley. You know, you need warmer temperatures in order to make it grow and be healthy. Well, in the desert where in January where temperatures plummet to 40 degrees Fahrenheit, I think you need soil temperatures consistently about 70 to 75 degrees in order to make it really flourish. It goes dormant. It turns brown. Now, some golf courses, you know, just let it go dormant. Others just overseed the shit out of it in order to make it uh, emerald green. What do I mean by overseed? What you do is you basically plant on top of, well, first of all, you spray a chemical to um, either, you know, kill off any remaining Bermuda that hasn't gone dormant or just, you know, prevent it from uh, popping up in case soil temperatures do get a little warmer. And then over the top of it, you put down a northern strain of grass that is uh, more tolerable to cooler climates. And that's what the POA overseed is. This is POA trivialis. Careful not to confuse that with POA anna. Uh, there is, I think, over a thousand different um, species of POA. POA anna is more west coast. That's your bumpy putting surfaces. This is POA trivialis. It's a weed that, uh, oh, Boston Capper has joined in and I have to actually put on my headphones now in order so I can hear him. Uh, do you want to join the chat? What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Hey, bud. I'm just talking about weed, man. 
talking about weed. How's it? Huh? I'm talking about weed. No, weed. Oh, you're talking about weed? Why? I'm talking about the overseas, the sticky icky. Oh. <laughs> How we were the, how we actually changed how people thought about this stuff. Remember that? It is. It is. Yeah. So good, I'll just explain to everybody what the, It's a good field this week. I was surprised. Yeah. It is a good field. You got Scotty Scheffler, Xander. Uh, Cantley's probably going to win because this is a soft golf course and a lot of birdies. So there you go. Uh, so this, like I was explaining those, this is the overseed where you basically spray a chemical across the Bermuda or it just goes dormant. You put this overseed of trivialis on top of it, it makes it green. It makes it healthy. That's what makes the, uh, uh, oh, fuck. Is my internet crapping out because you showed up? <laughs> no. Oh, all right. All right. We're fine. <laughs> all right. So, so every golf course here in this rotation has this overseed. It just, there's a little subtle differences between all of them. So at PJ West, the stadium course and La Quinta, that's tri dwarf Bermuda, but it has the overseed on top. Those are also smaller greens. Uh, at Nicholas Tournament's Tiff Eagle, Again, that's overseed, though. There was some question be when they replaced the Tiff Tri-Dwarf tri with Tiff Eagle a couple of years ago uh, at Nicholas, whether they would just leave it Bermuda. Apparently, they just overseed all of it. Um, the entire golf course is overseed except for the rough. And that's where if you turn into this tournament, you know, that's where you can see, you know, the brown dorm Bermuda way off the fairway there. There's a little patch of overseed rough, you know, to make it look a little greener, but... So that is only one inch in length. And then the dormant Bermuda is usually two, but because it's dormant, you know, it's, it's not the same. The balls doesn't sink down to the, the bottom there. So the rough is not very penal here. And the same can be said about the Nicholas tournament course too. So that is a par 72, 7,147 yards. Average green size, 7,000 square feet. So a lot bigger than the greens of La Quinta and uh, the stadium course. Again, you have the Poe overseed over the top there, make it look green. Uh, same thing with the fairways. The rough, though, they do not overseed that. That is all just either dorm Bermuda, or if it is warm enough, you might see some Bermuda patches um, out there. We've seen that a couple, you know, a couple times over the last few years, yeah. but usually it's the brown dorm Bermuda, only two inches, not penal. You know, it's 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 very little difference between. Your score on a hole, which we'll get to in a little bit, from hitting from the fairway, hitting from the rough. It just isn't really a whole lot of adversity to that rough. And then La Quinta, uh, this is 7,060 yards, par 72. Average green side, just 4,773 square feet. Very precise, GCSA. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> technically, seven holes have water in it, but as I showed you a little bit, One. a lot of them can be just carried with a driver and not really in play. Uh, this one has a poetry Trivialis and Rye overseed everywhere, though. They don't have any dorm Bermuda. It is green throughout, but the rough is only one and three quarters inches. So not penal. It's basically just kind of blasted everywhere. Set yourself off for birdies. So let's talk about the uh, last couple tournaments. So I want to quiz you, Boston Camper. I love doing this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Can you name the winners of this event the last couple of years? So who won last year? I don't remember at all other than isn't that isn't last year when um John called it a fucking shitty putting contest? He did. And he's right. That's what it kind of turned into. But he but he ended up winning. Oh yeah, he did win, didn't he? Yeah. He he beat Davis Thompson after Davis uh almost made a bomb on 17, but he left the pin in and it hit the stick and bounced yeah, yeah. out. That's right. Yeah. That's and right. then uh Davis Thompson went to a funk for about five straight months after that, saying, Hey, I'm right. 
Yep. All right. Um, who won in 2022? Well, I have no idea. You know, you don't tell me this. Hudson Swafford at 220 oh. to one. Swa daddy. <laughs> yeah. Second win there. I think he beat Lee Hodges and somebody, some other scrub. Has Ron won the thing twice too? Well, I'm, I'll get to it. 2021. Who won that? Dude, just tell it's me. Near, it's near and dear to our heart, man. Seawolf won. Who do we have? Who was it? Oh, Seawolf. that's right. <laughs> I got well, seven- shit. My memory was yeah. shit before the heart attack. After the heart attack, it's just even worse. So All right, fine. Twenty twenty one. Seawolf Kim went off at fifty five to one. We got him at seventy though. Yes, so that was fine. Uh, and then a couple long shots. I've got twenty twenty. Andrew Landry beat mm-hmm. Abe Answer and Scotty Shepard two hundred to one. And 2019, Adam Long, 301 beat Phil Mickelson. <laughs> yep. So lots of long shots here. And we'll get to a little bit of the reasons why a lot of long shots usually do well here. But let's start with 2020. And I, meant, I may mention before that the stadium course is the quote-unquote hardest, and the other two are pretty easy. You know, So in 2020, the average score um, at the stadium course was minus 1.6. Other two were upper twos under par. So basically if you were if you shot 69 at either golf course, you barely were beating the field essentially those uh, couple years. And then the same can be said the next couple of years. In 2021 during the COVID year, the only played stadium in Nicholas. Um that year for whatever reason I, I think the weather was kind of cold and windy, so for whatever reason the scoring was a little tougher at Nicholas. But 2022 got back to normal again, minus one and a half at stadium course, minus one points a little hard or a little easier at Nicholas, and then minus two at uh, but then last year, though, to my surprise, every course played incredibly easy. Yeah. So Lakenta was actually the toughest last year at an average score of 69.58, so minus 2.4. Next was the stadium course at minus 2.7, which is almost a stroke easier yeah, than, than, the the, than the, a couple of years before that. And then the Nicholas Tournament course played at minus 3.3. I'm struggling to remember why exactly it played so much easier. I know last year they had that atmospheric river, and I'm wondering I mean, it. But it's the desert, though. Like, they never get rain there. So I don't know if they got rain before that. It just played softer. What I do know is, I mean, the, the most vaccine, like, Nicholas Tournament course and Lakenta playing easy, that's, that's no surprise. That always yeah. happens. At the stadium course, though, a full stroke easier. The only real change they made was they removed a bunch of trees. <laughs> and essentially what that did was it deterred pretty much any adversity, just bombing it everywhere. And because the rough isn't very penal at all, you know, they go into the rough. You might have to contend with a mogul mound, but without any of the trees or bushes or anything outside the fairways, and you got rough that you basically make great contact to, it was just bombs away. And I think that's what generally happened last yeah. year. And when we'll get to just the what type of approach shots you're hitting, you hit a lot of short irons at that point. So lots of drivers that you can basically blast anywhere. Lots of short irons into, you know, overseated greens that had to be kind of soft. It turns into the piece of shit putting contest that John <laughs> essentially uh, alluded to. So especially with this overseeded stuff too, like I know, you know, John Rahm said that it just the greens roll really good on this stuff. It rolls a lot differently than than on Bermuda. You don't have to worry about green. Adam Hadwin, that's the guy who he lives in Scottsdale, and he 
plays a lot in the overseas stuff, and he notoriously just hates putting on Bermuda, hates yeah. the grain, has never really figured it out, but he loves putting on overseas services because it takes a lot of the grain out. It's it's pretty similar to what he plays in Scottsdale. So, like, so for example, he had a 59 here, I think, back when Adam Long won. Yeah. And then he's won Valspar. That's overseeded greens, too, even though that's a Bermuda base. So there is something, too, a little bit about guys who maybe struggle on Bermuda, but when you get them down these overseas services, it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. They tend to like that. So do I think it's going to play as easy this year? I mean, I don't see why not. Right. I think the weather is going to be pretty calm and warm again. Uh, they were supposed to do another renovation to all the greens at the stadium course, but that got postponed 2024. So it's going to be the same greens as last year, same conditions. I would probably expect another uh, quote-unquote piece of shit burning contest again, like uh, John Rum says. Um, let's go to the course fit tool that this is always a tough one to, um, I get rid of the, uh, Data. the bookmarks by the way. Well, yeah. So, so this is the predictive skill set one, but it's tough because you have three golf courses and trying to basically marry all three predictive skill set charts for the entire tournament. So we'll start with the stadium course here. You, a higher correlation of guys who hit it pretty far off the tee have a lot of length, a uh, lower correlation with accuracy. Maybe it's just because you kind of can bomb it a little bit all over the place at this tournament now. Yeah. Uh, slightly lower correlation to than the average PG Tour stop with iron play, but it's still the most important attribute, most predictive attribute. Um, Potting can be kind of random. Maybe that's the overseed where you know it kind of levels the playing field a little bit. A little higher higher correlation in um, you know guys are pretty good scramblers or not here. Actually, wh one thing I forgot to mention this in the article too. So like. This used to be a golf course that where it was actually fairly difficult off the tee and you know a little bit with your approach play. You know, so since 2015, off the tee, it ranks uh, 21st hardest. Uh, I'm just, just staying the course. It ranks 21st hardest. But last year, because they removed all the trees, for whatever reason, it ranks as the fifth easiest off the tee. Jesus. And, and then... Um, I, I'm sorry. It ranked 22nd out of 45 uh, last year. So a little above average in ease, but um, with the approach, way, it ranks as the fifth easiest, which when you remove basically any hazard for the most part, that's not water off the fairway. It just became target practice for these guys. So, um, but that's a particular skill set chart for the same course here. Some golf courses, they say it's similar to like Kays Valley and, Quarry Pine South and Olympic, Olympia Fields North, Quail Hollow, Vedanta Vallarta, Corrales. I mean, that makes sense because most guys who tend to be a little longer at those places do a little better. And when you go to the Nicholas Tournament course, it's pretty similar to PJ West's here, uh, or uh, the same course. Again, a higher correlation of guys who are pretty, you know, who are, tend to be a little longer. A little, um, the only difference is like, Seems to be a little guys who tend to be a little more accurate mm. pretty well there and put a little better, but that might be just a function of just, it's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. Like it, pretty much any way we can do well there. So it's probably just, I don't know if there's really much useful information with that. And then we'll look into 
This one is a little different. This one's a little more random as far as guys who are long or not can do well there or accurate or not can do well there. Probably just a function of just fact it's so easy. And the types of golf courses that Data Elf compares it to, it's similar to like Port Royal or like Craig Ranch or Silverado. Like you're really easy golf courses. So I don't usually the, these predictive skill set charts is something I like to lean on. I don't think they're really all that useful because I think this golf, this tournament has just turned into such a birdie fest that it doesn't really matter at this point. And then, um, why don't I take one more ad break and then we'll go over a couple other, uh, last minute things. So hall of fame bets win bigger by betting smartest NFL season with hall of fame bets, the sport betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. And there any parlay idea in the hall of fame bets is revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, and which picks have values. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with hall of fame bets to craft more intelligent data different par- parlays. Now the Hall of Fame Bets app visit hofbets.com. Use SGP, code SGPM to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Okay. I know this is kind of uh, very heavy <laughs> with the uh, the info. So I got well, I'll throw it to you. I've been doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. What do you do you like anything about this tournament? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these ones where I was like frustrated immediately because my first round leaders are all chopped to hell. Uh, even if they get, even if they get offered, I hate not having data on uh, on the courses. Like I don't know, man. Like I don't like them. I, I hate. I don't like any tournament ninety percent of the time. I could. I can't think of one off the top of my head where they rotate courses that I like. I just want mm-hmm. because it it can be such an advantage based on like weather if that ever comes into play and things like that. And I just I don't think it's a. I don't think it's everybody's starting on the same level. Yeah, I mean, and we'll get to a little bit like just all three courses are really easy. Yeah. So like all the, and it's, it's important to remember too, that, like all these guys are really good. Even the yeah. lowest ranked players on the PG tour, they can go out and shoot a 60, you know, at any given moment. So, yeah. So kind of like with the, the predictive skill set uh, charts like this, I always like looking at like, you know, what during the tournament tends to separate you more. And last year there was a big jump with how your irons did, like basically the better iron week you had, the better overall you did. Now this is just at the stadium course though. That's another tricky thing is we only have two rounds essentially to look at. I don't know what really separates you out at La Quinta or the Nicholas tournament course. So there's a little bit of guesswork there. And then the approach shot distribution chart. So this is again only the stadium course, but there really isn't a high proximity, like like coral, like a concentrated bucket, like anything. Like last week at Wiley, everything was between like one twenty five and two hundred. Here, there's a little bit higher rate of shots, of, like um, on one hundred twenty five yards, but still only makes up like twenty percent of your shots. There's a lot lower between one twenty five and two hundred, but it's that's the most number of shots you hit. There's, I guess more shots over 250 than the average PG tour course. But it's probably because of the four par fives. So it's, it's not an easy court, a uh, tournament to handicap. This is probably why this is not one of my most successful ones, especially positionals. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's it, yeah, I hit C. Yeah. I hit Siwoo, but like, there's just nothing really to get go on. Like this is basically the dated boys, uh, nightmare this week. Yeah. 
So I guess what am I just going to look for? Honestly, I don't think there's much of a penalty to blast it everywhere at this place. I think driving just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. At any of the golf courses. Um, around the green, it's one of the easiest on the PGA Tour. And it might be just because maybe you can putt a little bit more there. Maybe just because the green regulation rates getting a, lo a lot higher now. And it's not like where at Sawgrass, like really tricky green side surrounds. These have been a lot more muted and watered yeah. down here. So now it's not as able to get up and down. There's also no rough really at all around the green. So really just, it's, you know, I think the bunkers might be, if you're the wrong one, maybe a little difficult, but otherwise get up and down is not much of a challenge here. For me, I'm just going to look at this. I'm just going to look at your scoring clubs. I'm going to look at, I'm going to probably favor better iron players, especially ones from under 175 yards, you know, your shorter irons or so. And can you make a lot of birdies? And are you relatively decent putter? Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. That's really it. Like, I know I just spent 40 minutes to kind of boil it down like that, but I think I, I think the point of this was maybe just don't overcomplicate it this week. Choose, like, choose your own adventure week. Basically, like, this is going to be 25 under wins again. So, yeah. You know, it's just going to come down to basically who's the hottest putter and gives themselves the most opportunities to score. And is Denny I mean, playing that week? Uh, I don't know, but like that's probably why like a guy like Patrick Cantley always does well here because yeah. just a lot of shorter irons and he's a good putter. It's really he just gives himself a lot of opportunities to score here. So that's really about it. Like I got really nothing else. You got anything? No, I mean we got the Keegan sweat coming up. Uh, <laughs> You you mean the Keegan funeral coming up? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and on, Cam's we, gonna we, be fucking fired, right? Do you already go over this? I did not go over this. Do you want to lay it out? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, lay it out for him, Cam. I hope you're listening. Um, I mean, he's not here, so I don't think he is. But uh, so all of us, the entire staff, uh, I'm gonna notice. I think to all of us, right. land, on, land on Keegan this week. Uh, even Matt Gannon is on Keegan, and our producer is not. On Keegan. He's not Ben on, who's a chaser. And if it happens to be that Ben on ends up winning, uh, we might have uh, some staff uh, changes. Not Mike. Here. Cam is fired if Ben on wins and Keegan. Oh, you, oh, you're just going to lay it out directly. Okay. He's fired. Yes. Okay. Right. Especially with the, he's, he's dancing around the mush. He's getting as close as fucking humanly possible. And I don't even like that. It's fucking very annoying. And he knows what he's doing because he knows how much it triggers me. Yeah, it, 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 anytime, I, I think anytime just he even says the word in a text message, you just get immediately triggered. Sure. So, uh, okay. you, got any, uh, you got anything else you want to add for, for any of the games today? We're both on Dallas at seven. You taught me a yeah. line. Three, one underdog one yesterday, so I'm fine with that. There you go. Uh, I ended up getting out of the Miami bet uh, mid-game because I realized – this is going horribly. <laughs> yep. I don't feel quite as good about Dallas as I did. I think back in on uh, Thursday, I still feel pretty good about the Lions, though. There's a lot of smoke getting blown up the Rams' asses for tonight. Oh, and every analyst on the NFL Network picked the Rams. Oh, did they? Yes. You want to double down? Yeah, I saw. I think Kramer retweeted that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel pretty. I, I feel pretty good with the Rams. Pro props. I don't know. I'll take a look after this. All right, so, so I got Montgomery under one and a half receptions. That's okay. for tonight. And then I got uh, I got Wicks over two and a half uh, receptions for because Watson's testing out his hamstring. So stop playing. I mean, 
if, if anything, maybe he's just going to be a fucking decoy. Laporta over 30 and a half. I think that number's super low. I know he's bulky, but that's why we're getting the 30 and a half. So hopefully he's fucking healthy enough to catch a few balls. And then okay. uh, I got, I found this one. I don't know if most books probably don't have this piece of shit, but Patrick Taylor under nine and a half rush yards. <laughs> that's really scraping the bottom of the barrel there. It is. It is. Love it, baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday for yep. a betting show. Tomorrow you will hear Matt Gannon with a DFS show. Uh, yeah, another jam-packed week of uh, content at Golf Gambling Podcast. So cool, please, uh, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple. Give us a review, by the way. I see a lot of reviews coming out for all the other shows. You know, give us a review. Uh, give us a rating. We really appreciate it. It really helps with the numbers. So if you just take the time, you know, even if it's a negative comment, you know, we always take some feedback. Uh, you know, some of us take it very, uh, you know, take it okay. Some of us don't like you do. Sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, leave us a review, uh, rate us, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast and Spotify app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. All right. That's it. Talk to everybody on Tuesday. Let's go Keegs. <laughs>